Father, we give you praise and honor this morning. We come before your word with expectant hearts. Thank you. Yes, yes, the healer is in the house. And his name is Jesus. And he's never changed and never will. He's never refused healing to anyone, ever, anytime, place. If there's a problem, it's not with Jesus. If there's a problem, it's with us. And we just dump all of our problems over on you this morning. Oh, glory be to God. And we worship you today. In Jesus' holy name. Receiving from Jesus is not difficult. Just, just look at, particularly in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because he carries on through the book of Acts. Think about the leper. I know you can if you will. And he said, of course I will. <laughs> That's what one translation said. Of course I will. And, and I, I hear him saying, that's why I came. Why wouldn't I? Amen. It is so simple, you have to have help to misunderstand it. <laughs> and over the years, we've had some high-priced high <laughs> religious help. Amen. But hey, the Father... Did he heal you because you have faith? Well, you have to have faith. But he healed you because he loves you. Amen. Amen. When did he heal you? 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. Now then, I want to begin this morning with examples of the different methods of receiving healing I'm talking about physical healing, both in using your own faith and the word of God only. Now, there are 19 different healings in the Gospels. Now, it looks like there's a whole lot more. And of course, there was just multitudes of people that were healed. But there are 19 that the Holy Spirit has chosen to give us as examples. And out of that 19, if you'll take the time to just check it, because see, there's some of them that are the same example that are three times. Some of them two times, some of them only once. But the most of them were healed on their own faith. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go and be whole of that plague. Be it done unto you as you have believed. Then the centurion. Uh, and I just put this in Texas talk. Sir, there ain't no reason for you to come to my house. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, okay. <laughs> Amen. He didn't say, no, we need to do it. I need to come lay hands on it. No, he just, he just moved on that man's faith. And he said, he said, I'm a man under authority. I tell somebody to go, they go. I tell them to come here. They come here. He said, I'm the boss. They do what I say. 
What is he saying? He said, I realize that you're the boss over sickness and disease. And all you have to do is tell it to get out and it'll leave. And there's something, another thing I want to tell you right now. If you want to keep that pain in your body, you better get out of here because it's in grave danger. Pain is over for you today. (laughs) Oh, bad times are over for you today. Glory to God. If you'll measure it and take it that way and just like, like Jerry said, bulldog faith. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. So I, I want you to pay attention to these videos and watch how people receive. So watch this, please. So when I was about five years old, kind of starting to enter that stage, we were reading and learning how to read. Um, we found out, um, one, I was loving learning how to read, but I couldn't make it very far and I actually get these splitting headaches. Um, and so my parents wound up taking me to see the eye doctor uh, and they wound up finding out that basically I had a weakness in one of my eyes. One of the, the muscles wasn't fully strengthened. So we wound up going and getting some glasses. Warm for, I guess, till I was about 10. And, you know, for the longest time, it was just something I had. But something that last year, I remember uh, Commander Dane and Linda started talking about healing. And it just started to register with me a little bit. And we were at Super Kid Camp of uh, 2001. We went up for an altar call. And then there was this 8-year-old kid at the time. I was 10. And I remember his name. is Matthew. And uh, Commander Linda had been talking about the story of Jesus healing the blind man. So Matthew comes over and sticks his thumbs in my eye like an 8-year-old, like an 8-year-old does. You know, it wasn't, wasn't perfect, wasn't the most clean thing in the world, but I just remember being 10 and we were in, I was in agreement with it. And I was not wearing my glasses again after that. And, uh, it was an amazing service. What was m- most impactful though was it was probably my first moment to identify my relationship with my savior and, ma- and him being my healer in that moment. And we got back from camp that year and I remember looking at my mom and dad and saying, I'm not wearing these. I'm not wearing them anymore. And mom and dad said, okay. We went back to the eye doctor, I think a few weeks later and tested it. And sure enough, I went from, I think it was like 2080 vision to about 2020. Um, and so from that moment on, uh, and no more glasses. And it's just the biggest thing has been, it's been almost a mile marker in my life to be able to look back on and say, man, look at what Jesus did. And going through the teenage years and even the young adult years, it was, that was that signifying moment where suddenly he wasn't just Christ the healer. He was Christ my healer. Praise God. Well, Blake, how did you get healed? Well, there was an eight-year-old minister put his thumbs in my eyes. (laughs) And I was 10. (laughs) Can you see it? Amen. You You don't have to be in the ministry 25 years to lay hands on the people that need healing. Amen. And it... It matters where you go to church and how your children are taught. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That is just, that's, I'll tell you what. I, I knew you'd enjoy that this morning. Great. Blake is a great guy. Now, this young woman, uh, most everyone in here knows that, that Gloria and I have a place in southwest Arkansas that was uh, when we got married, her grandfather and grandmother gave us four acres there out of their farm. And uh, and so 
we moved a raggedy old house from a, I, I want to tell you about that house. They, it, it, it belonged to, to Pop. It was over across the highway on some property he had over there. And so we wanted to move it over and, and you know, and overhaul it and, and remodel it. No, no, rebuild it. And the first mover came out and he said, Copeland, my advice is a letter set. I said, you don't want to move? I don't want to move that thing. <laughs> but Mr. Wooten came and I said, Mr. Wooten, I mean, he, would you move? He said, Copeland, I'll move anything. <laughs> so he moved it over across the place. Well, then you've seen it on television and it, it's just the glory and, and her mother did so marvelous working on that place and then the little log cabins and all. Well, Susan Hamilton has been the young woman that's taken care of that place now for a lot of years and we come up there to do television and, and so forth. And, uh, and she just, I tell you, she's, she, it's, it, that has been her ministry for a long time among other things that she does there in Nashville, Arkansas. But I want you to watch what happened with her, her daughter, Shay. Now watch this and pay, listen very carefully to it. I'm Susan and this is Shay and we work for Kenneth and Glory Copeland in Arkansas at their prayer cabins. In 2012, I had my first daughter. You know, you expect as soon as you have your baby, you expect to hear them crying and that's when you know they're okay. And I just remember silence in the room. The nurses took her off and they said, your daughter has a very, very bad lung infection and um, we're doing everything we can do right now. And we're gonna have to airlift your baby to a different hospital. So about six hours after having her, I was driving to another hospital. When I got there, she was in the NICU, and for two days, we couldn't touch her. I still didn't get to hold her. The phone rang, and, it, and then I answered it, and it was a nurse. She said, yes, your baby has a bad infection, but we found something else. Your baby has a hole in her heart. It may require surgery, but there's always a chance that it could close on its own. So after the infection was taken care of, we left the hospital, brought her home, and they said, we want you to come back in X amount of time, and we're going to check again. I called my church family, and of course my family, our family, and I said, I have to call Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria and Terry and George Pearson, because I know they're going to pray for our baby. When we came back, the Copelands were still here. Instantly, prayers. They just started praying, and they put their hands on her and prayed for healing. A year later, we go back to Children's Hospital, and they say, we have no sign of your anything wrong with your baby's heart. From this point forward, when you fill out any papers, she has no heart condition. Never treat her like she does ever again, because it's like it never happened. In 2016, I had another baby girl. Her name is Breland. The pregnancy was smooth as could be. Anything after birth was great, no problems. Um, and then we got surprised <laughs> in 2018 with a little boy. And because Paisley had the heart condition, both of my children after were tested. The cardiologist um, was doing the test and I could just see something come over his face and he just he just quit moving. He just sat there for a minute and I said, I, I looked at Carter, I said, he's fixing to say something that I don't want to hear. And, and he heard me and he said, yes, ma'am, I am. 
He said, do you see this on the screen? You can see the two holes in his heart and the, and the blood going back and forth and the holes looked so big. And he said, uh, I want you to come back in three months. So he said, before you leave, I want to have an anatomy scan done on him also. So we go to a, a different doctor down the hall and she's doing the anatomy scan and even she looks at the heart and says, I can see the two holes in your baby's heart. And I said, yes, the cardiologist just told us. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to keep going with my scan. And she said, there's a cyst on your baby's brain. And uh, she said, with the holes in the heart and the cyst on the brain, those are major markers for a certain type of autism. And she said, I, too, need you to come back in three months. So it just so happened that the Copelands <laughs> were here again filming in Arkansas. And Mr. Copeland said, well, well how's the pregnancy? How's, how's your baby? And I just started crying, and he knew. And I said, there's a lot wrong this time. And he started praying. Him and Gloria laid hands on my stomach. And when they started praying, I got chill bumps everywhere. I was cold all of a sudden. And the nights before that, b between the appointment and meeting and praying with Gloria and Kenneth, I couldn't sleep at night. I was anxious. And after that day, God gave me a calm, just a peace. And I said my prayers at night, and I went to sleep. And that was it until I went back three months later. And the cardiologist says, I don't see any holes in your baby's heart. Both of them are closed. And I told Carter, I said, now we just have to check on the brain now. So we go down the hall to the doctor. And he, he says, everything looks great. And I said, well, that we were here because there was a cyst on my baby's brain. And he said, I, it's not there. He, he said, I wasn't even going to mention it because there's nothing there. And it just showed that to me, the God you read about, the miracles he did thousands of years ago is still the same God that can still do the same miracles now and today. Now, what you need to see out of that is agreement. A prayer, the prayer of agreement. All of us in agreement. No, nobody was going in a different direction. And Shay just absolutely refused to, to receive anything else. Just stand on the word. And, and Susan, now her mother, I'm telling you, that's Susan Hamilton. You, you, I, I mean, you couldn't squeeze unbelief out of her. She, there's just no way. This, just don't change. Just stay, just stay in agreement with the word, stay in agreement with God, and stay in agreement with one another. Particularly in times when you, the, the devil's putting pressure on you and you want to just get mad and throw something. Don't be doing that. <laughs> no, those are the pressures. Those are the, the lust or the pressures of other things entering in choke the word. Amen. Now, <laughs> this one was by manifestation of the gifts of the spirit. So watch this. I'm Jenny Cooney and I'm from Living Word Christian Center is our home church and we're from Elk River, Minnesota. And um, I was painting with some friends and I had just come down off the ladder and looked up and saw that I had missed a spot. And so I'm like, oh, I had to go up and get that. 
And so I climbed up to the top and I had to uh, stand on the very top, which you're not supposed to do, and reach for the spot. And when I reached for the spot, the ladder started to tip. And my only thought in my mind at that time was is that I don't want to fall on this ladder. And so I used my legs and pushed it away. And so when I did that, it pushed my feet up. And so when I landed on the ground, I landed on PVC piping straight across my shoulders. And so I laid there for a few minutes and went, oh, that hurt. And so called the paramedics and they came and took me to the hospital. They shot some x-rays and when they came in and realized the damage that was done, they immediately took me into MRIs and CAT scans and when they came in and said, um, you're not getting off that backboard, you broke your back in two places and you broke your neck. The one in my neck was um, C7 and they called it a burst with a retropulsion, which means the inside of my vertebrae exploded and there was fractures all the way around the outside of my vertebrae and it also pushed back towards my spinal column. And they said they didn't want to have to do surgery um, because of how mobile that I was, because they would have had to fuse all the vertebrae in my neck. And um, so put me in the brace and they told me that, you know, rehab for something like this would take anywhere from 12 months to 18 months before that I would have full mobility in my neck. And, um, and so I'm like, no, I don't think so. And, um, the first night in the hospital, God gave me a scripture, and it's Luke 8:48, and it says, And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith, your trust, and your confidence in me has made you well. Go enter into peace, undisturbed well-being. I had total peace about the whole thing, that, you know, God, hey, I'm getting a miracle off of this. So it was a Thursday night, first night that Brother Copeland was here. And I had my full body brace on and my husband said, do you want to go? And I said, oh, you bet I want to go. And so we came and um, Brother Copeland got done um, preaching and he stopped. And he was walking back and forth praying. And all of a sudden he stopped and he goes, somebody is getting healed right back here in the back of your neck. And right away I'm like, oh, that's me. And he prayed some more, and he goes, as a matter of fact, you're not going to have to have surgery. But I heard the Lord say this, I'm putting that vertebrae back in there right now, and you won't have any more pain. That will not be a weak vertebrae. It'll be the strongest one in your spine now. And right away, I said, I claim this in the name of Jesus. That's mine. And so after we got done, I was just like, yes, this is me. And the next morning, I got up, and God said, I want you to feel the back of your neck. And in my brace, there's this little piece that was open. And that's where my C7 was. And he said, now feel back there. Because it was, when you looked at my vertebrae, it was pushed out. And so it stuck out. And so I put my finger back there and I'm like, oh, it's in place. And so I walked into the kitchen and I looked at my husband. And tears are coming down my face. I said, I got a new vertebrae. And he goes, I know you did. And stuff, and I so bad wanted to go to the doctor right away. And God said, "Nope, I want you to wait till your two your next two week checkup." And I went, "Okay." And so we went in, 
And every time I would go in, they shot x-rays. And we went in and he had the x-rays and stuff. And I just couldn't wait to get into the room and ask him. And I, he put them up and he looked at them. And I looked at him and I said, what do you see? And he goes, it's like a brand new vertebrae. He goes, it's like a baby. He goes, it just needs to mature. He knew what was going on. He saw all the brokenness in that vertebrae and that it should not have been a brand new vertebrae in there. So it was just like, it, it's one of those aha moments where it's just like, yes, yes, God. Hallelujah. Now that, that little baby vertebrae took several weeks to grow up to full size. Now, what are we talking about here? There was a combination of the word of knowledge. And of course, she took it by faith. And then, as she did, then the gifts of healings were involved, which caused that little vertebrae just to go on and grow and come to full fruition. sit down, but don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. Don't turn your faith off. Don't turn your faith off. This is Mary from Modesto, and this is indeed a miracle. She was not able to stand without pain last night at worship for, for, for a long, long time, actually, right? For several days. Um, yeah, uh, specifically Friday night, I finally made it because I had to take pain medicine. Thursday night, I couldn't even sleep because I was in so much pain. And so I made it here on Friday night. Praise God. And I couldn't stand. I mean, I tried to stand during worship, but it just hurt so bad I had to sit down a couple of times. This afternoon, I was sitting there, and Pastor Copeland, he said, sit down. So I sat down, and I'm like, you know what? I can stand. I don't want to sit down. And I stood back up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, guys. Hallelujah. Thanks, guys. At the end of the service, when everybody was standing for the, the prayer line and everything, I stood the whole time. Pastor Copeland said, well, he told the people they could sit down. And so I sat down, and I'm sitting in my chair, and I'm like, you know what? I can stand for the first time in days. I don't want to sit down. And so I stood up and I, I stood the whole time. Um, I I think from the time he said, said that until the, the service was almost over and they released everybody, I had been standing. Now, I've only done this one other time, but the Lord just spoke to me and told me to do it again now. Now, amen. May I demonstrate something to you? There's some folks right here supposed to join it. Somebody's supposed to act it out. Are you healed? Do you believe you've received? Follow him. Well, this is Tom from Beaumont, California, and he had rotator cuff pain in both shoulders. And when Brother Copeland went down on the ground and started doing those push-ups, 
Uh, Tom said that he hasn't been doing push-ups for months, maybe for fear that he would injure himself further. He got down and did his own push-ups over there, and he says Amen. the pain's completely gone from his shoulder. Amen. And his toe is healed, too. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's wonderful. Amen. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. This is Susan from Lindsay, California, and she's had heel pain for how long? Since December. And what happened this morning? Uh, I just laid hands on my foot and I called in a new foot. And then my seatmate next to me laid hands on me and she agreed with me in prayer. And then I believed I received. And then when it said, when the song was going, rise and be healed. That's what I, I felt, do that now. So I stood and no heel pain. Praise no God. No. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.